Jackie. I'm 51 and I live in San Diego, California. I'm 5'2". I'm Kelsey. I'm 31 and I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm 6'4". Even though we have some gaps, we've been best friends through it all. Thanks for joining us on The Friend Gap. Hi there. Welcome back good to another week. Morning. Oh, not good morning. Who knows if it's morning if you're listening. Just kidding. We're getting started. <laughs> no, we're not starting over. I loved every second of that. So that's the weird thing. Jackie and I actually just got on this call to record today and I was eating lunch and she had just finished breakfast. So if mm. I eat an early lunch um, and she eats a late breakfast with the three hour difference, we're just, we're eating. Throws you off. Eggs and tuna fish at the same time and it's not great. <laughs> just kidding. I not was not good. eating tuna fish, but. You weren't eating tuna um, fish, but I was eating eggs. Oh, really? Yeah. Eggs and uh, avocado toast. Mm, look at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> everything but the bagel? Yes. Everything that... but the bagel seasoning. I know, I know what you mean just by shaking. I don't love it. <laughs> you don't? No. I've had it a couple times and oh. it's just not my fave. I like it. You know what I love? I like Do you remember it. what my favorite breakfast is from the cruise? Um, mm, sorry, I don't. Bagel and locks, babe. Oh, yeah. I was going to, yeah, mm-hmm. now that you say it. Mm. So good. Okay, yeah. Um, How's your week going? You're having a great week. I am having a great week. My um sweet boy is here. Yay. Yay. I mean, I have three sweet boys in my life, but my firstborn... <laughs> <laughs> the, the one boy that the she doesn't live boy. with the one boy that I don't live with is here for the week so it's awesome love having him I call it home I know that his home is not he never has lived here but I love having him home being in, in our home, home is where your mom is that's right thanks for it's saying always, that always going to be home mm-hmm. love that but yeah, oh, I'd start crying about that. Um, I'll plug his podcast again. Everybody can play PB. Yeah, which we are going to be playing some serious pickleball this weekend. I'm I expect excited. pictures and videos. Oh yeah, heck yeah! I think we're right. gonna. Yeah, I'll do a little poster, a little story about it. Yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. Like I love that. It's funner with Colton. Oh, yeah. I, bet. Things. I need to come out there and he needs to teach me how to play. Oh, he'd love to. He's good. That'd teacher. be so fun. Um, my update for the week is the marble oh, is out. Hallelujah. Took 13 That's kind days. Of a stressful thing. 13 yeah. days. Can you believe that? Just goes to tell I... you what sticks in your gut when it doesn't. <laughs> Seriously, it was, uh, yeah, one trip to the ER, he was in, he was in a lot of pain at different times, and they just had us wait. They didn't want to risk a surgery if there was no actual sign no. of infection, so we, uh. Moral of the story, cake, don't put things out. in your mouth that aren't going to come oh, out. <laughs> I can't tell you how much more 
oomph those warnings have with my kids now. Remember when oh, I told I'm you sure. not to put anything yeah. in your mouth and you ate a marble? <laughs> Don't do it. So that's Don't my update. Don't do it, kids. Oh, we that's have lovely. a surprise next week for our kids. <gasps> you do? Oh, by oh, the yeah, time this I episode... <laughs> What did you think? I I thought you were going to announce like a surprise for us. I'm like, you have a surprise? Oh, for our our kids? You mean for our our podcast listeners? Are we calling the podcast listeners our kids? I got excited before the word kids. And then you said kids and then it registered. Oh, okay. I know what they're doing. Sorry. I was getting excited for a surprise. Oh, I wish I had a surprise for you guys. Oh, yeah. We should think of I something. Wish you did too. Well, now my surprise for you? my kids makes nothing. We are no, taking it our totally kids does. to Disney. By the time this episode comes out, it'll be past and everything. Yeah. But we are, our kids don't know. We have a code word for it that we say in our home right now. Um, we call it March Madness. But yeah, we're just going to pick the kids up from school and say, guess what? We're going. Um, they're gonna be so excited um okay let's jump into our question summer asked us how do you maintain a friendship with someone that is in a very different financial situation we're doing fine but this friend shops designer lunches at very expensive restaurants and i just want to hit the chick-fil-a with my kids on a tuesday Mm. what do you think yeah well um I have a friend that is a little bit, well, I wouldn't say she's, she's doing good. They're doing good. And we travel with them. (laughs) And (laughs) sometimes it is like, ah, yeah, that's a little bit out of my price. But I think that, and I don't know, summer situation, um, but just thinking about mine, my friend's really understanding and she's a little bit frugal too. So, I mean, she's not like dining in these super expensive restaurants for lunch or whatever, but, um, I don't have a problem suggesting because I know that she's just very open-minded about things. Um, I mean, I go shopping with her and it's fun to look as she's buying $300 shirts or dresses or whatever. And I just window shop. You know, and it's fun. It's fun to kind of be like, oh, I don't think that I would buy a $300 dress. Maybe if I had all the money in the world, I don't know. But um, with us, we just respect where we're at. She knows so much of our life and where we're at. And, you know, we're that close of friends that we know each other. And so we respect each other. And it's fun. I mean, we have a great friendship when we travel and when we're together and it's, it hasn't ever been awkward. We just, if they suggest something that's out of our price range, we maybe throw out a different suggestion. Um, and it's just that that's how our relationship is. I love that. I think that that's really great. Um, it sounds like this friend, you guys know each other well enough that you're both open about, you know, there's, even if you're not talking about it, there's that underlying understanding of where each of you are. I think that's hard, especially if you don't have that. This is maybe a new friendship that you're not sure about. 
And so like for me, the shopping, like, yeah, I'll go window shop all day long. I don't have a problem with that. Although I actually hate shopping, but yeah, I will go and, and never be tempted to spend money on clothing or anything that I can't afford. That's fine. The lunch part for me is what's hard because if you go to lunch, like if you go shopping, you can just not buy anything. That's fine. But lunching, like you can't just not eat. Right. So, you know, yeah, you can, you can order small, you can fill up on bread, you can eat before you go and just order small. Um, but I think it can be really great if you can kind of address that. Um, and I think sometimes, again, I don't, I don't know where summer's at with this, but I think you suggesting like, Hey, I'm taking the kids to Chick-fil-A. You want to come hang while they play? And, you know, you suggesting something that's less expensive and more in your price range and flow. Invite Mm -hmm. her to go, you know, hang out at the park, something free. Like, I think when you are with a friend that's you're constantly being filled by outside stimulus versus just conversation, that can be hard. Mm -hmm. So it's not even a nod to like anyone's financial situation, but going and spending time outside at a park or on a hike or something like that can just be really good for a friendship. Um, but I wanted to share a story. Um, I won't name names cause I didn't, I didn't ask if I could share this, but I know someone who was living in a pretty affluent area, um, and made close friends with someone who had a lot of money. And as they were talking, she found out that this woman who had a lot of money her and her husband would do like DoorDash or Uber Eats. And my friend was so like, oh, really? Like, just didn't think that they would do that. Like, they have so much money. And she's like, and this woman that she was talking to said, yeah, we'd love to do it. And we make it a little game. Me and my husband, when we go out on Friday nights, we will DoorDash until we get enough money to pay for the date that we're on. And it's just a fun thing that we actually enjoy doing together. It's just time for us to spend together and we make a little bit of money. And this friend of mine was like, it took, she told me that it took so much stigma off of making money that way Mm -hmm. because these people that had a ton of money were just doing it because it was fun. And because, you know, why, why not have your dates paid for? So I think there's, there's being cheap and there's being frugal. And then there's this next level of, you know, Hey, I'm going to do something that's fun and that's going to pay for a date for me and my husband. And so I I think sometimes we get so caught up in money and Mm -hmm. the comparison and, um, and I think, yeah, like offering the, the cheaper alternative, um, but also like not being afraid to say no. And I think I've really respected when I've had friends that have been willing to say like, Hey, that's actually not in the budget for right now. Um, I think the, the group that we're in that goes on cruises and and kind of travels occasionally together. If one of us was like, Hey, we got a lot going on this year and, and we can't make it happen this year. None of us would, would say a thing about that. You know, we would all be like, Hey, like I totally get that probably actually would be a load off of all of us for that year. So I think being willing to be vulnerable and honest about where you're at, there's nothing. And if she doesn't want to be friends with you because you 
can't shop right? designer because you well and you go to chick-fil-a <laughs> then come on maybe there's another friend out there that will go to chick-fil-a with you i'll go to chick-fil-a with you any day of the week every day of the week <laughs> not any and i don't even every. have a kid that will go to the play place <laughs> no i will leave my kids at home <laughs> i'm not taking my kids <laughs> heck no um, did that you means I have to buy them food <laughs> did you try the chick-fil-a the fall shake this year you know i didn't like it because of those little nuggets of brown sugar or something it was just a little bit much i like the, the peppermint chunks but I wish the nuggets I could. of graham cracker is that what it was they seemed really yes. sugary it's oh. okay mine tasted like it was a nugget of brown sugar and you say I didn't that realize like it's it was... a bad thing <laughs> You it just made it super different sweet. dietary goals. I'm sorry. It was, it was delicious delightful. though, other than the nuggets. <laughs> other than the so nugs. I'd get a nugget. <laughs> don't ever tell anyone that you don't like Chick-fil-A nugs. <laughs> oh gosh, heck no. I love them. However. It's not the nuggets in your shake. In the fall shake. The fall shake. Fall shake. Right. Mm-hmm. Moral of the story. Summer. Tell her. Tell her no to the expensive lunch someday. And if she doesn't want to yeah, hang with you anymore. Yeah, just be honest. That's cool. Um, and then call us and we will come to Chick-fil-A with you. That's right. I'll eat and the it nuggets. could even be a FaceTime. It could be a FaceTime <gasps> Chick-fil-A date. Oh, let's do a FaceTime Chick-fil-A date. Uh-huh. I love that. We'll What's your it. Chick-fil-A let's order? Mine? <gasps> you really want to get into this? Because I will <laughs> totally go down this road. This is a good one. Okay. Hit hit it. We have to now. (laughs) Sorry. Side salad with the ranch dressing and a side of the sriracha dressing or dip. (laughs) And then I get a six piece nugget and I kind of break them up a little bit on the salad, do the dressing, do the sriracha, put the lid on and shake it. It is so delightful. Oh, and then I get my little kid size waffle fries. And then my drink is a large Diet Dr. Pepper with extra ice, half Diet Dr. Half Diet Coke. Was that confusing enough? So half and half yeah. Diet Dr. Pepper, half Diet Coke, extra ice. I hate that you would pollute a Diet Dr. Pepper. My The mm. purest in me is crawling the walls. There's, there's something just tasty about the combo of a Diet Dr. Pepper and a Diet Coke from Chick-fil-A. That is the only place that I do it. That's And cute. with that like salad, that. Mm-hmm. it's delish. I've never tried that salad, but you better believe I'm doing it this week. There you go. That it's does sound yummy. I need you to text that to me. Let's put it in the show okay. notes. <laughs> okay. So if Jackie's wants Chick-fil-A to do a, order. Jackie's Chick-fil-A order. They could do that. Yeah. And if I'm feeling adventurous and out there for dessert, I'll do the chocolate chunk cookie. (laughs) I can't do them very often. I try to cut back on my sugar. That's that's an adventurous day for you. If I'm feeling nutty. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I have to be careful with sugar. Anyways. Chick-fil-A with you. Oh, heavens. That's we'll do a FaceTime Chick-fil-A date. 
Let's record a session from Chick Fil A. <laughs> okay. You guys can listen to oh, my kids gosh, coming interrupt from the play place. Our play place isn't even open. Yeah, I don't. I don't notice that anymore. Stupid I don't. I can't COVID. even tell you. Okay. Stupid COVID. What's well, moving on today's episode? <sighs> Jackie, what Yay. are we talking about today? Oh gosh, we're gonna talk about real friend trust. Ooh, friend trust. This is juicy. This is a good one. This is juicy. This is good. This will be good. So, any initial any initial thoughts? This is <laughs> any initial thoughts. This is something that um, hits home for me. I and I I had therapy over this. <laughs> Trust is something that's very important to me in all aspects of my life, from my marriage to my friends to my family. I I yeah, that's a that's a core thing for Jackie is trust. So, this will be good. That's going to be really good. So, why do you feel like you need friends that you trust? Like that, because because we're talking next level trust here, right? Like we're talking right, right. You know, or like you're the, in a good friendship, and it's to the point where you know you trust that person. I feel like for me, why I feel like I have to have trust in somebody, in especially in a friendship, is um, I we mentioned this on our husband's episode. Is I invest a lot in my friendships. I really dive in when I have a good friend, um, you know, I really value my, you know, girlfriends because they're ones that I can vent to and throw things at that I don't necessarily want to stress Dave out over. You know, I mean, I talk to my husband, obviously, about a lot of things, um, but there are some things that I feel I can get a better reaction from, (laughs) from my girlfriends. And, you know, and so I have to have a trusting friendship to be able to unload, I think sometimes. Mm -hmm. And if I don't feel that trust, then it doesn't happen. Well, yeah. I mean, God bless husbands, but they are emotionally, financially, Mm -hmm everything invested in the relationship differently than a friend. I remember when we talked about yeah. starting the podcast, um, I asked you at one point, I was like, well, you know, what does Dave think about it? And you said, I haven't even told Dave yet because I know that Dave's going to like jump in and, and, and want to like be helpful, but I need time to like figure it out and think it through. And so yep. it's nothing against anybody, but there's some friends you're going to say things to and some things that you're not because you know their personalities. And so having someone outside of your spouse or even your family that you can really truly trust, it does give you a different perspective that sometimes you need. Yeah. So what do you think, um, what do you think a couple of the risks are? What's the risk of trusting and what's a risk of not trusting? What have you found in like when you've had a friend and you've decided to trust them and you're at that point, you have something that you just want to talk about. What's the risks that you've found? I think the big one for me, I don't, I don't know necessarily that I have been burned by a friend that I've trusted. Um, 
But for me, one of the risks of trusting is the anxiety that comes afterwards mm-hmm. of did I overshare? Did they judge me now? Like I'm, I'm the one that lays in bed and replays that conversation 7,000 sure. times. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's always a, a risk for me. It's not one that I usually think about in the moment, <laughs> um, but definitely something that, that I feel afterwards is, you know, do they, do they judge me? Do they still want to be my friend? Do they, yeah. Did, did I trust too quick? I'm quick to trust. Mm-hmm. So that's my risk of trusting. What about you? And then we'll do the risk of not trusting. Um, I'm, I'm the same way. I really, I, it takes me a little bit to process things. So sometimes when I'm processing and I want to talk, I don't articulate very well. And so I really worry about what comes out of my mouth, especially when I'm talking about something that's near and dear. And then I'm the same way after the conversation. I just, my mind just goes of like, oh my gosh, did I say that right? Do they, you know, I just, my mind goes absolutely crazy. So sometimes it's better for me to not talk. (laughs) And so, but I, I do love being in a relationship where I can openly and not worry about it. And I feel like I definitely do have those friends where, I don't worry. And maybe it's the timing of the friend. It's like, how long have I been with this friend? You know, I have obviously a lot more comfort in being with that friend. And so the trust is established and it's easier and I don't worry as much. A little bit more of a newer friends. It takes me a little bit, I think. I, I agree. And I think getting to that level of trust takes time. It's mm-hmm. not just a switch that flips. It starts small and it, it builds. What do yeah. you think? What's, what's a risk for you of not trusting? Um, I don't think that it's, if you don't trust somebody and especially after time, I think about that. I think about if I, you and I, I mean, we've been friends for so long now and if I didn't trust you and open up to you, I don't think we would have had, we would have a deep, meaningful relationship. Yeah. I think with trust comes this meaningful connection in a relationship. You have to, you have to trust in the person that you're in a relationship with to have that connection. And so, yeah, we would be friends, but I don't know. I, I just think it would be, we wouldn't have a connection. I think because I do trust you and I let you in and you know, you know so much about me and how I tick and trials and good times and bad, all of this stuff, because I trust you, we have a connection and we have a deeper relationship. And so I think that's probably a, a risk of not trusting someone. Yeah. And that, that's the thing, it, because relationships build on themselves, if you're never willing to trust somebody, that relationship's going to stay stagnant. It's going to stay right right where it is. And that's okay Mm -hmm. for some people, for some, and and for some relationships. There are friends that my relationship with them will probably always be right where it is. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that's because of, you know, personality or uh, geographic distance. Like you and I got so close and then we moved away. So we've maintained that, but trusting is a risk. But when you don't Mm -hmm. take that risk, you don't get the reward 
of the deeper connection. Right. So let's talk about being trustworthy. What are what are some pillars for you of being a trustworthy person? Hmm. Being trustworthy. Um, just thinking back on, you know, my friends over the years, somebody that I feel like that I can have trust in. I think that somebody I can lean on, um, you know, and I think especially as you're raising your kids and I really stand behind that it takes a village. I had a village when I was raising my kids and my kids to this day think of those women as, you know, moms. And, you know, I mean, with me being out of the state, I know that they would go to any one of them if they needed something. And to me, that's trust. I would leave my kids with you. I would leave my kids with certain people because I've built that trust and they're trustworthy. You know, um, they would take care of my kids the way that I would. So mm-hmm. I think that that's something big for me. I think that's really big. Um, I, I think having, cause, cause you know that there's people in your community that would always help and serve you. Um, especially when you're involved in a church community like us. But I think it's that next level of trust is someone that you wouldn't feel guilty or bad Mm -hmm. by dropping your kids with them. I also think um, another thing of being trustworthy is don't make promises you can't keep. You Mm. know, I think that's a very trustworthy thing is if you say you're going to do something and things come up. You know, I mean, life happens. There are oh, yeah. things that totally happen. But if you've made a promise to somebody, to a friend, you know, do everything you can to keep that. That's a that's a trust building thing. If you keep reneging or keep backing out, it's not very trustworthy. Yeah. I don't think there was any bad feelings when I called you in December and said, hey, I bought a ticket to come see you, but I actually can't do it now. Like some things have come up and it's been a little crazy and. There was no hard feelings. That wasn't a big deal. None. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, I, think I said, of... oh, okay, that's fine. I'm going to book one and come out and see you instead. <laughs> and it was perfect. It was just what everyone, <laughs> everyone needed. Everybody um, needed it. I think a place where you can like early start establishing really great trust is keeping confidence when it comes to things they tell you. I feel like a big one is like baby announcements. Oh, um, yeah. I've, I've had a lot of friends come and say, you know, hey, we're, we're pregnant, but we're not really ready to tell anybody yet. Mm-hmm. Are you going to tell people? It's not my story to tell. I had yeah. a really good friend here in California. I was talking to her about some stuff. And um, again, after I talked to her, my mind started going. And I was just like, oh, I shouldn't have. I just... I just need to learn to keep my mouth shut, <laughs> but sometimes I need, I need that person to talk to. And, um, I went to her after I'm like, you know, it's between me and you, please do not talk to anybody about this, you know? And she put her hands on my shoulders and she's like, it is not my story to tell. What you tell me is between you and me. It's not for me to go here. It's not for me to go here. It's between you and me. And that was so reassuring. That was kind of like, Oh, okay. You know, I know it's kind of like that trust just went up just a little bit more because I know how she feels about when I open up to her and, you know, it's the same. It's 
the same thing as as I have her come and say something to me, it's going to stay, you know, because I love that. It's not my story to tell. That's the thing. Not only is it not your story, but you're only going to hurt the other person. So why would you, why would you intentionally try to hurt somebody? Yeah. I think um, right along those lines is, is be the considerate friend. There's nothing that will break trust sooner in a relationship than not being someone who's considerate of the other person Mm -hmm. and respectful. And I think that's, you know, showing up when you say you're going to show up, caring about the other person and and showing up isn't just, you know, making your appointments, but it's when your friend's struggling, are you going to ignore it? Or are you going to show up for them mentally and emotionally? Right. I love that. Um, yeah, understanding where they're at. And I mean, you may not know exactly, but I think that we can have empathy and compassion for our friends during hard times and just being there, just being there for them. I think that you're right. That totally builds trust that they can come to you and have a shoulder to lean on. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of when we talked about making friends. Um, and like introducing yourselves in those episodes, we talked a lot about the give and take in a relationship. If it's all about you all the time, um, they're not going to feel like they can trust you to share things with because they can't get a word in edgewise. Mm -hmm. Um, and having that friend that you can come to and say, Hey, I need your help. And I need today to like be about me a little bit. That is so valuable. And you're never going to get there if it's always about you. Yeah. You've got to be interactive. You've got to ask questions. You've got to invite that conversation. Very true. I like that. I like, and I mean, I've been in a situation where it's, um, I've been expressing something or, you know, telling kind of like something that's going on. And, um, the friend that I'm talking to comes back with, you know, maybe an instance in their life or something, you know, and it's just like this open dialogue of, oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, yeah, that totally sucks. And, you know, well, I remember a time when this, or, you know, and they kind of just, it just becomes comforting in knowing that, you know, I'm not the only one, you know, in my struggles and that I have somebody that's thinking about me and wanting to help and, it's all just the trust thing. It's all just being there for each other and helping us through this crazy life. Right. And I think when, when you're sharing your life and sharing experiences with someone, when you get to a place where you can trust somebody, you can can trust them to provide what you need in that moment. If I was to come to you with a problem, there's two ways that I'm going to come to you. I'm either going to come to you with hey, I have this issue and I don't know how to handle it and I need you to help me work through it. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to come to you with, hey, I have this problem. It's driving me nuts and I need you to be angry with me (laughs) or frustrated with me. Right. Right? Because there's times, and I think this is a very common like marriage thing, there's times when you need someone to tell you that you're wrong and help you figure out how to fix your situation or improve who Mm -hmm. you are as a person. And that takes really, really deep trust. 
it also takes trust to be able to, you know, know that someone's on your side and on your team and ready to go to bat for you. Mm -hmm. It takes a next level of trust to be able to come to somebody and say, hey, this is what I need and know that they're going to provide that for you. Because sometimes you know what your issue is. You just need someone to be angry with you for a minute and then you're going to, you know, step back and fix it yourself. But in the moment, you're just, oh, I need a vent. I need to talk this through. Duh, this is where I'm at. So yeah. when you can express that well, that's that's a trust that I am really grateful that you and I have. Yeah, I was going to say, because I feel I can um, remember some times um, <laughs> for both. <laughs> you know, I... I love talking to my husband um, when I have a problem that I want fixed because he can absolutely give me some great ideas and he can give me a perspective that I just don't see. And I trust him with that. And it's lovely when I want to wallow for a minute and I don't want it fixed or I don't want, I just want to wallow. You know, I just want to be like, I need to just really live in this for just a minute. I'll go Mm -hmm. to one of my girlfriends. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, and I just absolutely and some I do have some that will be like right behind me and be like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just like they're my cheerleaders and they're just cheering on the negativity. And that's okay because that's what I need for the moment. Um, But I remember there's a couple times where I haven't you've been like, well, really, Jack? I mean, you really called me out on it. And that is what I needed. And I was totally fine with that. Another friend that does it and she doesn't let me get away with, you know, stuff, which is very, very good. It's not a bad thing. But um, Cammy does the same thing. She's just very honest. And I love that. I'll, mm-hmm. I know that if I come to her, if I come to you, if I come to a few others that I'm going to get the honesty that I need. I don't know why it's different than when I get it from Dave, but <laughs> it just is. It's it's wonderful. It's it builds that trust and it's a true true friendship. I totally agree. It it's different when it's your intimate partner. There's a different level of investment and feeling the need to be X, Y, and Z because you're raising a family together and you're, you know, all of those things, there's, there's a different vibe and that's okay. And that's why, that's why we need a tribe. Yeah. Yep. First of all, we're going to, we're going to talk about trusting after hurt. Do you have any stories that you're open to sharing about when trust has been hurt in a relationship? Um, so I've been thinking about this a little bit because, um, trust is something and in my schooling right now, I'm really talking a lot about communication and trust comes into it. And like I said before, you know, trust is something that you build and something that you work on. And it's, it's a show of connection in a relationship. And I love that part of it. And, um, I love the connection that I have with my girlfriends when my trust has been broken. Um, I do get hurt and I've been thinking about this of why, And I know that I probably need support therapy, (laughs) but I need to probably not be so sensitive um, and look at two of maybe the situations because I can think of a handful of situations where I feel like I've confided in someone and they have mentioned something 
that we talked about that I felt like was just between us and I've heard it through another friend and it's come back to me. Oh, well, I heard this and this and this. And for whatever reason, that to me is a trust that I don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy having a conversation with a friend and then knowing, and I think this is what it is. It's knowing that they're talking, (laughs) that I'm being talked about, you know, because if they're talking about what I just said, then what else are they saying? And so that Mm -hmm. is probably an insecurity. I may be just looking at that as trust, but it just is something that I get a little sensitive about. So I've had to back away from that and acknowledge that I have been hurt and I just need to get past it because I need to look at the intention. And I know the intention on many of the times that that has happened is not bad. It's not malicious. It's that they care about me, that, you know, they want to help me and it isn't malicious. So I haven't really had anything except for one in particular that I know that wasn't kind, that they were not being kind. Yeah. And I I think that's the thing is when, when someone violates that trust, it's, it's not just the tip of the needle, right? It's, they're not just violating the trust on that one thing. You don't trust what they're, what else they're saying. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's all of a sudden this empty void of how much trust was violated, how much was shared, how much opinion was shared that I'm not aware of. And that is scary. Yeah. I mean, that's like opens up a whole can of worms about talking about people, you know, behind their backs. I mean, I, I think there's a, there's a one side of like, oh my gosh, did you hear about this person and this exciting news and this and this and just the excitement and, and just talking about a good friend. But then there's the other side of it turning into, you know, where it can go. And I think that that is where it then turns into where my brain kind of goes of down the negative. But yeah. And I think when you can check first, right? Stop and check. Hey, I really want to support you through this or, you know, Hey, I want to, I want, I want to chat with so-and-so about this so that we can, you know, maybe think of a way to help or a way to whatever. That's easy. Just ask. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know the situation that you're referring to. Yeah. Just ask. Would have been super easy. Right. And I mean, I think a big part of that, of moving on um, and building trust is forgiving, you know, knowing and just looking and seeing why, why did that happen? What was the intent behind it? Was it malicious? Was it, you know, just truly out of love and concern? Okay, well then, if it is out of love and concern, have a conversation and just express maybe that person doesn't know that you want things just to stay. Maybe they just are trying to help, (laughs) you know, they hear a need and they want to help. And maybe it's just a conversation of, Hey, if I come to you and I'm expressing some concerns or I'm expressing some things that are near and dear, I just, I would really appreciate if you just kept those between us Mm -hmm. and I just, I don't want it being shared, you know, type of a thing. And then moving on accepting and just 
moving on and build that trust again. Yeah. I was in a situation recently where people that I, I really loved and, and cared a lot about, man, they just tried to sabotage a lot of things and they aren't, I mean, they know that I know, they know that what they did was, well, I, I can, I can assume, I mean, they know that we're not happy about it, but they're never going to admit that it was wrong. And so I think figuring out how to forgive without the apology, Mm -hmm. that's the hardest, that's the hardest forgiveness of all. Forgiving someone when they don't think they did anything wrong. It's a tough one. But I do think that when you're willing to say, and hey, I'm hurt, the trust that can come after hurt can be greater than anything. You can build back great trust. Yeah. Well, and I think too, and knowing yourself enough of, and the friends that you have of who it is that you can share certain things with, you know, I have, I probably share more with you than I share with other friends because you and I have that trust and I have Mm -hmm. that reassurance that it is between you and I. But it can still hurt when you have to realize that and have to accept that and have sure. to, mm-hmm. you know, dang it. Like, I really thought that that they were going to be a person for me. And then, and they're not. Mm-hmm. And kind of allowing that grieving cycle, however long that may be, depending on where you were at in that friendship. But there's going to be some people that just aren't good at keeping secrets or aren't, you know, that, that just gossip more. Right. There's the right. the Rachel Greens of the world as as her friends always said that she was such a gossip. But and that's it's better that you know. Mm-hmm. It's better that yeah. you know. Similar to the old adage that a lot of truth is said in jest. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of a lot of hurt is sometimes said out of concern. Right. Sometimes it just doesn't need to be said. And I think people can mask their need to gossip by saying that they were trying to help. Mm-hmm. It's like, but but what are you actually helping? Are you helping and try to find a solution or you just want to talk about other people's crap? Right. Or pretending that you know about other people's crap. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, everybody wants to be important. Everyone wants to, like, feel like they know what's going on. Sometimes you just don't. And that's okay. So how do you feel like you can overcome or um, address when maybe you have hurt somebody by not being as trustworthy mm. as you should have been? Um, I know that when I have, because I think I've fallen into the trap of when I've heard something about somebody or that person has told me something and I've been in a group and, you know, the person gets brought up and just in just curiosity of like, how is this person doing? And, you know, it's like, I know a little piece of information. So, um, you know, I share it. And then afterwards it's like, Oh, dang it. You know, I, I think I immediately go into, 
would I have wanted somebody to have shared that if it was reverse tables, if it was me. And that's when I feel bad. And I immediately (laughs) will go to that person and be like, you know, they were asking about you and I shared this, you know, I'm sorry if that's, you know, something that you didn't want shared, but I just wanted you to know that it, if it does come back to you, that that was me that said something. And I don't mean to like say something that I shouldn't have. And the time that I'm thinking of, it was totally, oh yeah, no worries. Not a big deal, you know, type of a thing. I worry about it more. I think I'm more sensitive of it because of how I feel. And so, but I did not want that to come back and be like, oh, well, Jackie said this, you know, <laughs> like, ah, no, I don't want yeah, that. It's always better if you can own it before. Mm-hmm. I think it, if you can acknowledge it first before it gets back to them, always the best move. But I think also acknowledging it to the person that you said that to and saying like, hey, I may have violated a trust. I'm not sure on this. And I apologize for doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, I apologize for giving you information that you maybe shouldn't have had. Um, Cause then they can, you know, proceed well and, and maybe not share it further. Right. Like trying to, trying to stop that. So here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you keep secrets from your husband? If someone tells so if I tell you something, do you keep that from Dave? Yes. And there's a particular reason why. <laughs> okay (laughs) my husband is so sweet I love him so much he loves to talk and so I'm very (laughs) concerned (laughs) that he will get in a situation or get with that person and be like oh Jackie told me this or if we're in another social situation he will bring up oh but this and it's like "Mm, no that person told me that And, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'm, yeah, I'm really careful about, I love you, Dave, if you're listening, but I'm very careful about what it is that I tell my husband. If he's listening, he better be listening to our podcast. (laughs) Speaking of, I need to check if Mike's listened. He knows this because we, we talk about it and he knows that because he has a different philosophy around it of just like, well. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I'm usually a little bit different because I know, again, I know my husband, um, like certain things, like I, I wouldn't share with him, but sure. when my husband doesn't talk to anybody. Yeah. So it's never going to go anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. so if, if someone, cause there are times when someone tells you something and it's a huge mental load on you to like hold that for them. Um, and so I'm, I'm always grateful that I have Mike because he is a safe place where I can be like, Hey, like this, you know, someone told me this and I don't know how I should help them. Cause sometimes you need to work that out with somebody. But anyways, mm-hmm. there's been times that I know I, and I, and again, I think it's a, a friendship by friendship basis. Anything that I tell you, I'm 100% okay. If you told Dave. And, and, yeah. and I know at certain times you, you have, because probably cause I've told you, you know, you could, but I think it's, it's interesting in every couple that that's what I was going to say. Every couple has a different philosophy on that. Some it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'll tell them some things, but if it's not, 
if it's not important, I won't. Others, it's, you know, no, we, we brief each other every day on every conversation we ever had. Oh, I have friends that that's what it is. Oh yeah, absolutely. I know that their husbands know exactly what they, what we've talked about because I've been with them and then the husband like reiterates (laughs) like, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know everything that we talked about. (laughs) Okay. Then (laughs) it looks like we're all just in this together. (laughs) We're all, all, you know, and Okay, so that is a healthy marriage, and that is, like, they don't hold anything back, and they tell things, and that's wonderful. That's beautiful. I think if I told Mike everything about every conversation I ever had, he'd not survive. That's not his cup of tea. I know. Interesting. Interesante. Um, okay. So when, when you have her, we can, you know, we kind of talked about that. Um, what happens and, or have you ever had to end a friendship because you realized that that wasn't someone you could trust? I think that to say that I ended the friendship that I felt like I couldn't trust, I just feel like it couldn't go further. It couldn't become a deeper friendship so it was kind of like one of those I mean I've never been to where it's like oh I can't be your friend and never contact them again I think that it's yeah it didn't go to a deeper level for me Mm -hmm. and I think we'll talk more about that in in toxic friendships I don't think necessarily that I've ever had to end a friendship because of a trust issue you just know what you Mm -hmm. can and can't do right Right. And so you just don't um, have a deeper connection. You don't have a deeper level yeah. of friendship with that person. I totally agree. And I think, I mean, yeah, you can, you can still be friends with someone that you don't, you know, trust at that level. You can still have a grand old time. Yeah. You can still, yeah. you know, you can still go on girls trips. You can still mm-hmm. go play bingo, but you're just, you know, not, not necessarily going to share the the deep dark and the the big feelings. Cause that's the thing. Yeah. Sometimes it's not just big, you know, deep, dark things. Sometimes it's just sharing your big feelings and be able to being able to talk through the struggles that you're having. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that it could be, have you been in a relationship or in a friendship that it's just been one way that you are willing to share and you trust, but maybe, that person doesn't trust you or doesn't share as openly with you? Yes. I don't know if it's because they didn't trust me. I don't know if it was a trust thing or they're just more private. Sure. I'm, I mean, I'll, I'll, there's certain things that like, yeah, I won't share, but I mean, I'll talk to a stranger about a lot. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty open person. So that direction is hard for me as far as like, I trusted and they didn't trust me. I have had friends that they trusted me and I didn't trust them. Right. I had an experience with someone who came over and man, they just, whew, they let it fly. And I think they needed that. They needed, mm-hmm. they needed someone to be able to share a lot of things with. Um, but the way that they were sharing was very like, you know, I, I kind of had to take a step back and say, all right, I don't think that you're, a safe person for me, but I can be a safe person for you. That's what Mm -hmm. you need right now. 
Yeah. There is no better feeling than knowing you have someone in your life that you can truly count on. This is a deep subject. It's brought up a lot of feels. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. So I think another thing that is important when you're talking about trusting friends and and having trust in relationships is trusting yourself to know what is right and learning to trust your gut, learning to trust your feelings. Um, that's not something that, that happens every day for every person. And so I don't think that you can truly trust or that finding friends to trust is going to be as easy if you don't trust yourself. That's my motivational thought for the end of this podcast. <laughs> that was beautiful. Wow. I love that. It just, it makes you think about your different relationships. And I mean, not all one friendship is like the other. I think that's a good thing. We all have different levels of friends. And, you know, I think, and they talk about this, about love languages the love language that you identify with and that speaks to you, you tend to put that out there to somebody mm-hmm. else or to like your spouse or, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, I, because trust is a big thing for me, I then expect it back and I can't, that's kind of a, that's a hard place to put yourself in because you can't control anybody and you can't, I mean, you can say, Hey, this is what it is that I feel is important for me. And then they have their agency to do whatever, but not that I want to be, not that I want to compromise what rings to my soul (laughs) of trust, but I also think that I could probably be a little bit more trusting and be a little bit more, um, less sensitive about it. And maybe, maybe I'm too open, you know, maybe I'm not private enough. If I feel like I have trust issues, maybe I need to be a little bit more. I feel like I am private though. I feel like I could probably share a lot more. (laughs) I feel like you're a really private person. And so then I think because I am a really private person, when I do share, I really take it seriously. And I yeah. really expect. Well, and I think you've had some real instances in your life where you've kind of been stabbed by trusting. So it makes sense that, that that's a harder thing for you. So I think at the end of the day, we need to be able to trust people. We need to find that person that we can trust. And I love what you said about about what you find important is what you put out into the world. And I think we can take that a step further. And if you want to have a friend that you can trust, be the friend that someone else can trust. And you establish that by showing up, by keeping your commitments, by putting yourself out there and being willing to share with other people. And it doesn't mean you need to bear your whole soul, but man, you got to put yourself out there. Um, I think finding 
your own voice and finding the ability to be proud of who you are and what you've accomplished um, can allow others to share in that and to build trust. Exactly. Thanks, Kels. Thanks, Jack. Thanks so much for being with us today. Love talking about friendship. I'm grateful for the friends that I have and the friends that I've lost and the things that I've learned along the way. Um, I think one of the best things that uh, you guys can do to uh, be our friends is to follow us on Instagram at the friend gap. Um, we're posting lots of really fun stuff. And of course we would really appreciate a rating and review helps us get out there, helps more people find us. So please do that. Um, anything else? I think that's it. That was a great episode. Thank you all for being here. We love what we're doing and we'll see you next week on the friend gap.